They're talking about everything that makes life interesting. So let's get back to it. Kevin Gillette and John McMullen on iHub Radio. Kevin is off today. I am joined by Ted Geis and Chris Smiley-Kempton in studio with us. And it is my pleasure now to welcome to the iHub Radio live line a city council member in the city of Indio. Wayman Furman is with us, and he is one of the co-organizers of what was to have been a protest last night to be held in Indio. But that was stopped by the mere fact that the county placed a order for us to all be sheltered in place. That's right. They uh, they said, uh, you have been put on a timeout and you need to stay home. So uh, not wanting to thwart the law and those uh, leaders uh, in our county who felt that we had to have a curfew, uh, they have postponed that event. And uh, pleasure to welcome you to our live line, Mr. Furman. How are you this morning? I'm okay under the circumstances. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's it's a tough time for this country, uh, starting with uh, having a global pandemic that has killed uh, over a hundred thousand nationwide, and and uh, you know here in California, tens of thousands of people being sick, and then on top of that, to have the events that we have seen come out over the last eight days since the tragic death of Mr. Floyd in Minnesota. But people's anger has uh, has really bubbled up, and one of the the real hallmarks of, of our land is the ability to exercise our First Amendment rights. Uh, tell us, first of all, about uh, the group that you have that uh, has come together uh, to put together a protest uh, and, and rally around this matter down in Indio, and then what happened yesterday. Well, well first of all, I want to send my condolences out to the, the Floyd family and any other families who have been uh, victims of uh, this kind of uh, police brutality or rogue police officers, because uh, um, we all know that uh, 99.9% of our officers are great people, but it's that 1% that we cannot afford uh, in our society, and we have to stand up in solidarity against it. Um, as far as the, the candlelight vigil, um, we were we were um, postponed. Um, a group of uh, Indian natives, um, that we've known each other for over 30 years. Um, we wanted to provide advice for our young people and people who are hurting um, all over the country and our valley. People were saddened and traumatized by what we saw on TV as Mr. Lloyd's life was tragically taken away from him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we all watched while he screamed for his mother and that he couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, so that struck a chord with everyone. So as a a leader um, in our community, um, we are sh- we should be the ones who are are there for uh, some solace and tranquility uh, for our people. And um, as we can see, we are not getting it from the White House. Um, our uh, uh, Donald Trump is pouring gasoline on fire, and um, he is not the one that's going to do this. So our local leaders and uh, community organizers need to continue to step up. And uh, bring bring some peace, tranquility, and hope uh, to our communities. You know, part of this, and we've been talking about this all morning, is that uh, there are people, of course, people who are African American, but people who are minorities, and people, uh, even uh, many members uh, of our community who are Caucasian, who are outraged by what has happened, and who are so angry. And of course, we don't want to see people, you know, burn our cities to the ground and, and hurt people who have not been, you know, uh, involved in this oppression. But at the same time, 
uh, anger is is a fair part of the free expression. It does not mean just because somebody's anger that they're not angry that they're not being uh, able to protest peacefully. Uh, that peacefulness uh, is in not destroying property or hurting other lives. Uh, how you have a very unique perspective because you're not only a community leader there, but you've been in law enforcement and you are an African American man. So. Um, maybe uh, share with us how you feel in terms of about people expressing their anger in a productive way. Well, um, that's one of the reasons why I, I wanted to get in front of this um, for the simple fact is um, I've had my incidents uh, in my past years uh, with uh, law enforcement and um I learned how to channel my energy in a positive direction by going into law enforcement because I have had encounters with good officers as well. And so um, by me being 18 years in law enforcement, a council member, and also being black, um, I'm going to be heard by folks who usually don't get heard. Our, our people don't listen to, you know, so I'm telling these youngsters and talking to them, there's a different way how to channel that energy. Protest is one of them. You need to be heard. Uh, peaceful protest. But what's going on now is we have a lot of third party uh, folks coming in and causing havoc and uh, disturbing the peace. That's not what we want. Um, we understand the concerns of our community and businesses as far as the the violence that's surrounded, but at the same time, we all need to stand up as a business community, as citizens, as black, as white, as everyone against what we've seen on there. Um, I, I just have to say, unfortunately, um, we have to stand up against that, and it shouldn't take looting and rioting for people to get outraged. People should have been outraged when they seen what happened to George Floyd on the ground being murdered. Yeah. That should have outraged us, and those officers should have been arrested and charged immediately. Yeah. And I think most of this would have been uh, prevented. You know, it's, unfortunately, it's, it's, this is what we got. It's interesting that we heard uh, prosecutors in Minnesota saying, well, we don't want to make the arrests or we are not going to charge people until such time as we have all the evidence. I mean, any one of us who has had any brush, whether it's a traffic ticket or worse, uh, with the law knows that they don't hesitate to at least issue the citations or to take somebody who has potentially committed a violent offense into custody uh, for a period of time while they gather that. And, and it, it just seems a very implausible thing that they, that they did by not uh, making at least an arrest and holding those people until they determined whether or not uh, charges should be filed. Um, it seems yes, like a special. It, it seems like it's a special privilege. I, I um, just from the law enforcement perspective side of it, um, not only was that officer on that uh, on Greg George Lloyd, I'm sorry, for that period of time causing him to die. The other four officers stood by and watched. Yeah. Other three, excuse me, I best believe it was three. Other three officers yeah. stood by and watched. Um, they are just as guilty. You know, um, in the law enforcement community, we know if a partner is getting too emotional or heated or has used force, mm -hmm. we pull them back. So, Mr. You Cohen, know, because we. I'm sorry. Me. I'm sorry to go. Why do you think those three have not been uh, arrested yet? Um, I, I think it's a culture there. 
I think it's not only a culture in, in, in their police department, but it's a culture in their, their prosecuting office. And um, when you set a precedence like that, folks know, and um, this is not just over one incident. I believe um, this is something that's possibly been brewing in that community. <laughs> and uh, for an officer to kneel on someone like that for that a period of time nonchalantly, um, some it's been done before, you know. And uh, I dare to say that um, he was not working in any law enforcement policy the correct way and those officers as well they were not working within any uh, realistic law enforcement use of force policy yeah that was definitely a cultural thing and it's been it has been brewing for many many years um chris did you want to ask yeah well i mean i just thought like in line with what he was saying like uh with reyes making his statement the other day like with chief reyes he said this is not any kind of policy that we teach in california for police officers yeah you know, so it, it's it's just mind blowing that they could even let that go. Like you said, it's the culture, and it's just it, it's it's mind boggling to me. Well, and you have a president yeah. who's throwing fuel on the fire and saying, you know, use more force, arrest more people, yeah. lock them up, give them ten years, they won't be a problem again. That's that is not yeah. the solution to a problem like this. That is, yeah. it has a lot more to do with with other things than than just simply. Uh, you know this one arrest, but that this has yes. been the the straw that you know you know broke the camel's back, so to speak. Um, yes. uh, let me ask you, uh, Councilmember uh, Furman, uh, and I appreciate you joining us this morning on the show. Um, do you think that the county executive was uh, was taking appropriate steps, or do you think that he should not have placed a uh, curfew? county-wide uh, and let a decision like that be made uh, community to community by various municipalities uh, or in a certain area of the unincorporated area of the county uh, based on information that the sheriff might have provided based on what was really uh, going on at the moment because it seems to me like the fact that your protest in Indio last night had to be postponed uh, was a direct result of this action that they took and that it may have been taken for the purpose of just blocking people's First Amendment rights because the the protests we did see in the Valley yesterday were not, uh, you know, uh, filled with any sort of uh, violent rage. Well, I I just have to add that we, our event was a candlelight vigil and it was headed by our faith-based community. Mm -hmm. And we, we wanted to provide that for our, our young people to come out and voice their opinion. And I was making myself available as the uh, elected official. What, what needs to be heard? Um, fortunately, I have uh, uh, young children, so I get to hear the other side. Um, but some people don't. So it's important that we listen to our youth and we just provide that for them. Yeah. And um, I, I, I respect the curfew as a law enforcement officer and as an elected official. And um, we understand the concerns of the community. We, we do not want or condone any violence or any any uh, acts of violence. Um, but um, it comes a point to where, um, what are we going to enforce masks? Are we not going to enforce masks? Are we going to enforce our Second Amendment? Are we not going to? Uh, are we going to try to take that? Are we we going to enforce uh, uh, our freedom of speech or not? So you, you, now we're starting to see we're picking and choosing what we yeah. are going to enforce, and we can't do that. We have to be firm and consistent. And um, I, I think that was a mistake. 
and I think they'll go back and, and talk about it uh, because what, what happened yesterday, they were peaceful. Um, you know, I, I did see something that I didn't approve of personally, but um, they were peaceful. But that's why we have to listen to our youth because a lot of folks are angry, but we have to teach them how to be productive, progressive, and move in the right direction and not put themselves in harm's way or, um, you know, any infractions because we got to understand there's a bigger picture here and that's what I, t- I teach my youth when I'm out talking to youth. Um, I'm not doing you any great putting you in harm's way being arrested and getting a record and sure. making your future a little bit harder. I want you to be productive and move the right way strategically and um, unfortunately we had to postpone not cancel our vigil postpone because I still think it's important that our youngsters uh, not only uh, have answers but they're also heard. You Absolutely. Know? And, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, what, so we're, do you we're have an idea? We're, to, we're just postponing. Do you have an idea as to when that may happen? Um, I'm not sure right now. Um, it depends what, what what the county does, and I, I think um, as time goes by, I, I think uh, uh, the uh, county officials will go back and look at this um, because as I talk to you now, I'm in Palm Desert, mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunately, I'm seeing businesses having to close down after we just opened up after COVID, um, and yeah. that's unfortunate. And uh, because it seems like we're being hit blow by blow by. COVID. Now we have a murder um, of Greg Floyd, and now we have folks changing the narrative right. of something that was peaceful, because there's a difference between peaceful protests and agitators yeah. and rioting and looting. Those are all different, you know, so that's unfortunate what's going on. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning, uh, Indio Councilman uh, Wayman Furman, and we will uh, look forward to talking with you again. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. You bet. Have a nice day. You're listening to iHub Radio's Coachella Valley Live, iHubRadio.com. I'm John McMullen, and I'm joined by Ted Geis and Chris Smiley-Kempton. We'll be right back. Yep.